Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Full Count Chaos. Nathan Andrews here. Hope you're enjoying the weather. I'm going to sound like an 80-year-old man sitting at a barber shop waiting for his turn to get his hair cut. How about that weather? It's like it got up to 70 degrees today. Right now I'm recording Friday. Is it Friday or Saturday? I don't even know what day it is. I've been counting down the days to opening day. So, you know, I'm, I'm just going 20 days left, 15 days left, 10 days left. I don't know what's happening, but it felt so good to be in 70-degree weather. Felt like 170. Got a little taste, got a little vibe of the summer vibe, a taste of summer vibe, whatever the hell I'm trying to say right now. It was nice. It's like 32 degrees. Hey, how about 70? Here you go. I was uh, very happy with that. Um, I have a lot to go over with you guys today. A lot came up. A lot I meant to go over last week. Got distracted. Started going over some other shit. Uh, some emails came in. Again, don't forget, uh, right into the show, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Any stories that you have that... You've experienced at Camden Yards. Like to hear from you. Also, uh, a couple weeks ago, talked about uh, top Hollywood pitchers. If you had to start an all-star team with movie Hollywood pitchers, means not real. Uh, who would it be? I said top five a couple weeks ago. Got an email that came in. It was a top three. So you can do top two. You can just uh, write in your closer. I don't care. Just uh, write in. So we'll go over my top five. The email that came in, his top three. Um, a lot of fun stuff. Jose Canseco, what a douchebag dick. Boy, did he break the law with a bro code. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. I probably will mention that a little bit later. I mean, there's just a lot to go over. Hey, of course, the Orioles, right? It's an Orioles podcast. Uh, it was difficult paying attention to baseball with all this football drama that happened this week. The Browns picking up Odell Beckham. A lot of Raven fans <laughs> panicking. The Browns look like the real deal. Experts are already talking about how they're going to win the division. Lord only knows how the Ravens are going to look. They pick up Mark Ingram. They get Earl Thomas, which I'm happy with those picks. But a lot happening with football. Kareem Hunt getting suspended. So, you know, it was distracting me uh, from baseball, from the Orioles. I mean, obviously, I'm always reading and watching about the Orioles. But, man, there's a lot of fun shit that happened on Twitter with football and sports. All sorts of shit. Uh, speaking of uh, stories at Camden Yards. Again, write in fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Any experiences that you had that you want to share. But he remembered, a friend of mine who tunes in, uh, he'll never forget. He said back in 03, I'm pretty sure, yeah, 2003, he remembers when a guy climbed left field pole all the way to the top and stayed up there the entire inning. <laughs> it's just chilling. He said the game, from what he remembered, the game was still going on. If anyone remembers that, and I tried to look it up on the internet. It looks like that happens all the time. I didn't realize that. I mean, there's a lot of drunk assholes out there. Uh, but I don't remember hearing that. But he said he was there. He said he watched the guy. He just sat up there. 
Security police are just at the bottom of the pole waiting for him. Obviously, someone's like, I, I don't get paid enough to go up and get that fucking guy. We'll just wait for him to come down. And my buddy says he remembers that the game kept going. <laughs> I just, you would think something like that, the game would come to a stop. I mean, that's a move when you're just completely ass-face hammered. You know, not a move when you're sober on a stupid bet. Like, hey, dude, I bet you 20 bucks you climb the foul pole. I don't know. I don't care how drunk I am. Unless the bet is maybe $1,000. But I don't know if that would be enough money to bail my ass out. You'd have to give me a lot of money. And I don't care how drunk I am. I think I'd be able to put two and two together like I'm not climbing the foul pole. I've done some stupid shit drunk. But I think that's too much for me right there. I I wouldn't be able to do that. Like those assholes who run out on the field. I don't care how drunk I, I wouldn't do it. The most hammered that I've been that I can vaguely remember, I'm pretty sure even if someone walked up to me and said, hey, man, go out and run on that field. If I was that drunk at a state, I don't think I'd do it. I'd be like, you do it. There's no way I'd be like, hell yeah. Uh-uh. But things seem a little loose with uh, Brandon Hyde as the manager. We're starting to see players wearing beards now, long hair. My God, they're all just having a good time, smoking weed in the batting cages. Going to the Cheetah Lounge in Sarasota for lunch. If you don't know what that place is, look it up. If you ever go to Sarasota, check it out. It's called the Cheetah Lounge. But Buck Showalter walking around making sure everyone shaves twice a day. Once in the morning, once at night. Also made sure their beds were tucked in tight. Military shit. I've had coaches like that growing up. I played all sports. Remember back in the day? Remember when people used to do that? They would play a number of sports instead of just one sport. All my friends' kids who are growing up in middle school, high school, they don't play different sports. I remember playing it was baseball, lacrosse, soccer. <laughs> I play some indoor shit just year-round, but it wouldn't be one sport. Now, all kids do. This is the sport I want to play. They focus on it year-round. But I remember having coaches growing up that would make you shit when they would give you that look or walk over to you. You'd be like, oh, man, I fucked up. Here we go. Or you wouldn't want to fuck up because you didn't want the coach coming over and talking to you. You know, it's just they don't make the sport fun. Coach is making me doing 50 push-ups in the rain and the mud. You slimy scumbag, get on your face and give me 25. But, you know, I think the good coaches are, you know, a little loose. Let the players know it's okay to make mistakes. Let's have a little fun. But look, when it's time to put a foot up in their ass, you will. And I don't know, maybe that's what Bundy needs to do. Maybe he needs to grow a long fucking beard. He needs to grow the long hair. Just let free, man. He's only throwing 90 to 92 now. I'm a little concerned. Very concerned about Bundy. A couple years ago when he uh, started coming up, 2012, even 2016, I think he was throwing 96, 97 at one point. 95, steady, fastball. That's why his curve and change were so effective. Throw that 83 curve down and away. The pitch before was 97 up and in. Now he's 90 mile an hour fastball. I don't know. It's not really fooling the batters. He's getting beat up. Spring training. I get it's only spring training. I, we say it all the time here. 13.50. Uh, 10 earned runs. 15 hits in six innings pitched. That's no bueno. Spring training or not, that's scary. I get pitchers are working on shit. Ah, Nate, you know, he might just be working on stuff. Yeah, well, work on being good right now. How about that, right? 2016, he had an ERA of 4.02. 2017, oh, with 109 innings pitched. So in 2016, 109 innings pitched, 
4.02 ERA. 2017, 4.24 ERA, 169 innings pitched. 2018 last year, 5.45 ERA, 171 innings pitched. So every year he pitches more and more innings, his ERA gets up a little bit more, which is understandable, but you hate seeing that. And then he's in spring training, doesn't doesn't look good, man. I don't know. Is it going to be all right? And then David Hess today, boy, did he get his ass kicked. <laughs> Again, spring training. Who cares? It all matters when the season starts, but you don't like seeing these things. Speaking of pitchers, all right, we're going to get it back to the Orioles. going to talk about Alex Cobb, Adam Jones, of course. I want to get to in, in just a minute here. Oh, man, I miss that guy. I miss him already. Uh, but the top five Hollywood pitchers, again, like I said, top two, top three, whatever it is you want to do, I wanted you guys to write in, join in, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. <clears throat> if you had to start a uh, all-star baseball team with some Hollywood pitchers, who would you use? There's a lot of baseball movies out there. And again, this all started when I was watching the uh, uh, movie Rookie of the Year. Kid breaks his arm, throws 105. You sound insane. So I don't know. It just got me thinking about this stuff. So my top five pitchers that I would use in my rotation. Start with Roy Hobbs. Why not? He uh, The natural. Um, if you seen the whole movie and he didn't cry at the end, you have no soul. You don't have a heart. And you just don't care about anything. Because at the end of the natural, when he hits that ball... And it hits the lights and that music and him running around the bases. Oh, boy. (laughs) Brings a tear to the eye just thinking about it. But in the beginning of the movie, he was a pitcher. And the reason why I'd have him in my rotation is because he struck out Babe Ruth in the movie. I'm pretty sure that was Babe Ruth, right? I mean, you strike out Babe Ruth, that's easy. You're on the roster. Uh, He's not number one. A lot of people are thinking, hey, he struck out Babe Ruth. Why would he not be number one? I'll tell you why. His wind-up, way too slow. Too slow of a wind-up. Too many people will be stealing. It's like Jim Palmer, one of the greatest pitchers has ever pitched. But obviously these days, all the old pitchers back in the day, you'd have to change up your wind-up. Can't do it anymore. Roy Hobbs, great pitcher. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. His wind-up's too slow. I'd have to pitch him every five days or so. I don't know. Uh, number four, Henry Roet Gardner. He is the kid, rookie of the year. Pitcher. Why not? Number four. Each each time, you know, every year we'd have to break the poor kid's arm. That was the only way he pitched fast. Each time his arm healed, we'd have to break it again. <laughs> hey, coach, what? Hey, my arm feels really good. That's not a good sign. Follow me, kid. Bring the bat. We need to break this son of a bitch. Take the bat to his arm. Uh, number three. This was not a very popular baseball movie, but I'll tell you why this guy's number three. Ryan Dwayne in Summer Catch. The only reason... He'd be pitching every third day is because his girlfriend was Jessica Beal. As long as he brings her to every game, he's on the team because I'll make sure she travels with him. Holy hell, Jessica Beal. She could be on the team. She could be my closer if she wanted to. I don't care. So, so far I have Roy Hobbs, number five, Henry Roat Gardner, number four, Ryan Dwayne, number three, number two, Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn, the greatest baseball movie, maybe one of the greatest movies. Maybe top 10, top 20 for Major League. Everybody remembers Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn. They play that music. <laughs> when that movie came out, uh, Camden Yard started playing that. Hey, 
Greg Olson would run out onto the field. Closer for the Orioles back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. He started playing Wild Thing when he would come out. Anybody remembers that. But here's the reason why he's not number one. And I went over this list with a couple people and their same question. What the hell? Why is he not number one? Two reasons. One, in Major League One, Haywood roughed his ass up. So that just proves at any moment there is a batter, there is kryptonite, that someone could mess him up. I didn't like how all season Ricky Vaughn was getting pounded by Haywood. Second reason, Major League number two, Jack Parkman roughed his ass up. I didn't like that. Those are two bad signs. So he's my number two. He's not my number one guy. My number one guy is Steve Nebraska from the movie The Scout with Albert Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Nebraska. I mean, the guy could throw 105. If he play, if we play, if it was a National League team, the guy could hit 450-foot home runs. Come on. Right? Brendan Frazier. Fraser? Frazier? I can't, I think, whatever. Close enough. What the hell happened to him? He was like in every movie in the 90s. Every girl that I dated in the 90s, they, you know, we'd, we'd, have, we'd hook up and they'd be like, can I call you Brendan Frazier? I haven't seen him in a movie in years. But he's my number one guy. If you haven't seen the movie The Scout, take a gander, and then you'll know why he is the number one guy. He can pitch. He can hit. He didn't have anything in his movie where he had a bad outing or something happy. It was just straight, you're the best. Have at it. Steve Nebraska. So I got an email from Aiden. He writes, and he says, here's my top three guys. His number three, Roy Hobbs. Great minds think alike, apparently. Uh, number two, <laughs> this one was great, man. I... I actually really agree with this. He said, Eddie Harris from Major League, he says the reason why is he got the Indians to the playoffs. He's got a great point there. You see, everybody, when you watch that movie, you think of Willie Mays Hayes, you think of Wild Thing, Rick Vaughn coming in, striking out Parkman. Or not Parkman, uh, who was in the first one? Haywood. You know, everyone remembers that guy. They don't remember Eddie Harris. You're trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? He's the one that got him to the playoffs. He was pitching all season. You know, Ricky Vaughn, remember, he was blind. He couldn't see shit throughout the whole movie. Eddie Harris had to come in and get in the playoffs. But then Aiden uh, turns right around and says, you know what? My number one guy is Ricky Vaughn (laughs) for the save. So Eddie Harris gets him to the playoffs. And then Ricky Vaughn comes in the number one guy. So, Aiden, thank you very much for joining in. I appreciate that. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Love to hear your top Hollywood pitchers. And uh, staying in the category of pitchers, Alex Cobb, congratulations. He's going to be pitching opening day. Same week he became a daddy, he was told he's pitching opening day. Isn't that guy having a wonderful life? Brandon Hyde says Cobb's track record Earned him that spot for opening day. Okay, Cobb went 5 for 15 with a 4-9 ERA last year. The hell are you talking about, Hyde? Spring training is 0 for 1 ERA of 12-27. Yeah, his track record so far. He's doing great. He deserves it. Opening against the Yankees could be a football score because we go play New York, and then when we open up in Camden Yards, we play New York. Holy hell, everybody get your left field tickets. I don't know, man. Those guys. That lineup is ridiculous. I think it was Ben McDonald calling a game. I think he was calling the game when we were playing the Yankees the other day. I turned it on the radio and I heard him say, man, he goes, the Yankees eight and nine batters would be our three and four batters. (laughs) 
He tells the truth. I love Ben McDonald. A buddy of mine hunts with him a lot. And I've never hunted, and I think I might start hunting. How cool would that be? Going to hunt with Ben McDonald. Be a good old time, right? Uh, Some sad news with the Orioles this past week, as you know. Uh, And the way that people are talking on Twitter and social media, it's like, man, did somebody die? But Adam Jones, very sad to see him go. I'm, excuse me, I'm happy, you know, he he got some... (laughs) couple extra million dollars in his pocket to continue to play baseball uh one year three mil with the diamondbacks and a lot of fans oil fans are like what the hell man well they, the Orioles could have offered him four mil but whatever no it just wouldn't have made sense obviously you know adam would have uh, kind of clogged the flow of the rebuild it just wasn't going to work out and I think a lot of us already knew that. Remember last year, he stood on second base towards the end of the season, starts waving everybody, takes off his cap. Everyone gives him a standing ovation as if we knew this was coming. A rebuild was coming, and a lot of people were wondering, what the hell happened? I mean, the guy has great numbers, high average, home runs, always hits 20-plus. It's the analytics that fucked him up, man. More like analytics. <laughs> Uh, but John Mioli wrote a, a great article about Adam Jones, and he broke it down, basically just saying, yeah, it was analytics that screwed him up. T- times have changed. Maybe 10 years ago or so, yeah, he would have got probably a, a bigger contract, but these days with metrics and all sorts of shit, uh, you better be on your A game. Uh, but I'm just going to read you some of his article. If you didn't read it, he says, by two of the most widely accepted defensive metrics, Jones was not regarded favorably in his gold glove seasons. He says Jones had a negative ultimate zone rating per 150 games in three of those four seasons and negative defensive runs saved in two of them. He says there hasn't been a lot of middle ground when it comes to evaluations of Jones' defense. No, he says at the plate, the same arguments could be made. Unfortunately for Jones, the season that mattered most last year wasn't one anyone looking for a job would want to be evaluated on. He was worth .5 wins. That's 0.5 wins above replacement. Fangraphs had him at 0.2. And I think, what was he, 281, 15 home runs, 732 OPS. And declining defense in center field as he turned 33 years old. So basically, you play below average, you can still be a millionaire. (laughs) That's why, kids, you don't need school, right? Just be a good ball player. Everyone's like, why would anyone want to play baseball? I mean, why would anyone want to play football with the money in baseball? Well, one thing in baseball you got to remember, those years in the minors, you're making nothing, and you don't even know if you're ever going to make the major leagues. You could be 30 and realize your baseball career's over, and you're like, oh, shit, now what? Uh, Believe it or not, in a couple weeks, speaking of minor leagues, I'm going to be having my father on. He played with the Orioles in the minor league system. He played with Jim Palmer, Eddie Murray. He was buddies with Mike Flanagan. So he's got some interesting stories. I mean, this is back in the 70s. You want to talk about getting paid dirt. I mean, when you're in the minors trying to work your way up then, it wasn't fun. So it'll be fun hearing some stories from him. But, yeah, if you can make it in the majors and you're a great ball player and you get those contracts, hell yeah, absolutely. And the other day, I was trying to think of the greatest moment that I remember uh, with Adam Jones because people were doing that on the radio, TV, uh, on the internet. People were just talking about the, the great moments they remember with Adam Jones. And the one that stood out, I've told the story probably a dozen times, 
but I'm going to say it again, and I apologize, okay? Wait, uh, we're on the 28th episode, and I've probably, <laughs> almost every other episode I've talked about, but I don't care. This is the, the one that stands out. There's a lot of them out there, a lot of funny moments with Adam uh, on and off the field, but I got to go back to that game in uh, September of 2012, it was September 6th, and had my front row tickets right next to the Orioles' dugout. Orioles, 14 years of losing, and they're playing the Yankees. And the Orioles hit six home runs that night against the Yankees. They were winning 6-1 to one by, like, the seventh inning. What do the Orioles do? They blow it. Tied up in the top of the eighth. It's 6-6. Six to six. Now, O'Day came in. Jeter was up. They had a guy on third. You're thinking, holy shit, he's going to get a base hit. The Yankees are going to go up. So the crowd, very quiet. Everyone was pissed. <laughs> There's a lot of cussing going on. <laughs> a lot of angry fans. They, you know, it's 6-1. to one. Now it's 6-6. Six to six. You're going in the bottom of the eighth. You're playing the Yankees. They got all their big power hitters coming up. They got great bullpen. Adam Jones starts off the bottom of the eighth. Again, everyone's pissed off at this point. First pitch. Boom! Here's the one-two delivery. And oh. in the air to left field. He got out of that one. Goodbye. Home run. Home run. And I remember when I went home that night, I watched the highlights over and over on my phone. Just so excited because the Orioles wound up winning three uh, home runs in a row. And Chris Davis was one of them. <laughs> Those were the days, wasn't it? Uh, Mike Bordick was calling the game. And if you watch that highlight of Adam hitting that ball, you can hear Bordick go, ooh, because he just destroyed that ball. And when it left the park, knowing the Orioles are up 7-6 to six in the bottom of the eighth, three outs away of taking the division, it was amazing. And again, I'm so sorry. I know you guys, if you tune in every episode, you've heard this story over and over. <laughs> I apologize. I can't remember the other reasons why I brought it up. Whatever. But I just remember that was such a great moment with Adam Jones. Everybody was just really upset. <laughs> Adam comes and is like, don't worry about it, guys. As soon as he throws me a fastball down the middle, which I don't know why any pitcher would have thrown Adam a fastball. That's when he couldn't lay off the slider down and away. Oh, that was frustrating. But boom, just destroyed it to left field. Man, that stadium was shaken. Stadium was shaken after the next two home runs. I mean, that was a great night. But Adam Jones just rounding those bases. And then also, I remember that night going home, turning on MLB Network, because I know they were talking about it. And Billy Ripken, who is great. I love watching him on that network. Uh, where they have the uh, logos, the division in order of where they are. I will never forget, Billy Ripken gets a ladder, climbs up the ladder, puts the Orioles logo over top of the Yankees logo, and he kind of held up his hands. Because he knew, he's an Orioles fan, we're all Orioles fans, been waiting for this for 14 years. And I just was sitting there, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning, and I had to be up working like 5 hours, I didn't care, man. But Adam Jones coming through that night, I'll never forget it. I mean, he's had a lot of great moments, of course, with the Orioles. I know I've said a couple times on this podcast as well, he's had a couple douchey things he said like I, I didn't agree with when David Ortiz smashed up the telephone in Camden Yards and they interviewed Adam after the game asked him what he thought and he goes I thought it was pretty cool I think that was stupid I think it was also stupid when they said what's your favorite part of Camden or Baltimore and he said the airport because he you know he grew up on the west coast I thought that was kind of douchey <laughs> but again I've defended him too and said when you have a microphone stuck in your face five times a day 
all year. You're going to wind up every now and then saying some stupid shit because you're getting tired of these questions. But Adam Jones, you will be missed, and I guarantee one of the things Adam would never do is he'd probably never throw another guy under the bus no matter what the situation is because he wouldn't break bro code. Adam just seems like one of those guys who wouldn't break the code, and what I mean, just something fucking stupid that came up in the the world of sports news that I, I thought was kind of funny. Jose Canseco, apparently he fights MMA now. I don't know, when he came on Twitter uh, trying to throw A-Rod under the bus for cheating on J-Lo... <laughs> I went on Jose Canseco's Twitter. He almost, it's like a half a million followers, and I think he fights now. Mixed martial arts. But, you know, guys normally don't call out other guys. You know, unless they're also in love with the same girl. You've had those moments, right? You're growing up. You're a teenager. You're, you're, you really have a crush on a girl, but another guy's going after the same girl. So what do you do? You might take a couple jabs at the guy when he's not around. You know, he's really not a good guy. I even heard he cheated on his other girlfriend. I mean, that's things you did when you were 14, 15 years old. Not grown men. You mind your fucking business. You back away. But if you didn't hear, or maybe you did and you just didn't care. But anyway, uh, Jose Canseco was trying to uh, say on Twitter, sending these tweets to A-Rod. And I think he was adding J-Lo into the tweets as well. But trying to blame him for cheating on J-Lo with his ex-wife, Jose Canseco's ex-wife. <laughs> Some of the tweets, uh, this is how it started. Jose Canseco says, uh, watching World of Dance, watching J-Lo text Alex Rodriguez, little does she know that he is cheating on her with my ex-wife, Jessica. Poor girl, she has no idea who he really is. Then he goes on and says, I was there a few months back with her when he called her on the phone. Then he texts again, Alex Rodriguez, stop being a piece of shit. Stop cheating on Jennifer Lopez. Then he texts again, tweets again. Alex Rodriguez, I challenge you to a boxing match or an MMA match anytime you want. The fuck is this guy doing? Then Jessica, his ex-wife, comes out. She starts getting into it. She goes, those false accusations Jose is making are not true. Blah, blah, blah. She goes on about how she's friends with A-Rod and J-Lo. And, you know, she hasn't seen him in five years, but she's cool with him anytime she sees him. So that was kind of weird. But who cares? Whatever. And then Jose comes back and says... Uh, Jessica, you're calling me a liar. You just forced me to defend myself and tell the truth. Here comes the biggest story ever about A-Rod. So this fucking douchebag's trying to act like he's breaking the biggest the biggest piece of news out there in sports about A-Rod. He's one of the biggest cheaters in baseball. He used to write his room number down on a baseball and throw it to women out in the crowd. <laughs> no shit he cheated. Who knows if it's true, but he's like the biggest story ever on A-Rod. Oh yeah, what's that story? Uh, he cheated. Get the fuck out of here. What a douchebag. <laughs> I don't know. I was looking at Jose Canseco's other tweets. I don't know, man. He's a nutcase. I started following him. He's entertaining. I got to start finding, like, just complete nutcase morons on Twitter to follow. Because friends of mine who do that as well, like, I'm following, tr- like, interesting people. Like, you know, Oriole writers or whatever you know, this writer or that person who writes about that sport. I got to start following the nutcases because that's when Twitter gets fun. It's a lot of my friends do. They follow the nut balls. They follow the freaking crazy, immature, moron people who fight all the time. It's entertaining. They don't get in the middle of it, but it's entertaining. Like a lot of people have been saying, hashtag can't believe this is free. So I want to ask you if there's anyone on Twitter that you follow that's extremely funny or just completely batshit crazy, hit me up. Let me know if people I should follow on Twitter. 
because I'm always looking for the nutbags. Hey, before I wrap up this episode, I'm, I'm just curious. I, I want to get your opinion. Of course, I'm always willing to talk to you about what's ever on your mind, and I'm wondering if this is one of them. Um, I talk to people every week, almost every day about the Orioles, and I'm wondering if people are going to be let down in the next four, five, six years. Everyone's very excited about Mike, Mike Elias. I mean, they're talking about him like he's freaking Superman. When I say let down, here's my question. Are you going to feel let down if in the next four or five years, say the Orioles start being good, they start getting winning records, uh, they start making the playoffs seven, eight, nine years down the road, they're a good team, uh, winning record, making the playoffs, not getting to the World Series, but they're contenders. Like Doofy Duquette used to say, we want to be a contender, whatever the fuck he was saying. But are you going to feel let down? Because so many people are thinking that it's a given like the Astros. We're going to suck. We're going to be good, make the playoffs, win the World Series. There we go. And then we're going to be in the World Series that next year. I mean, it, it, it sounds like a lot of people that I talk to, they're expecting to win the big game. And when people tell me that, I said, hey, that, that, that'd be fantastic. I mean, you guys are making it seem easy. Like, hey, this is great. I mean, look what he did with the Astros. It's going to be fantastic. I, I hear people, Oriole fans today, Say it's going to be so much fun in the next five or seven years, whenever, when they win the World Series. That's going to be awesome. And it just concerns me because I'm thinking, man, you know, there's going to, <laughs> are you going to say, yeah, back in 2012, 2014, I mean, we, we saw it. Buck Showalter, we know what it's like watching playoff baseball in Camden Yards, whatever. Been there, done that. Michael Elias, he's supposed to come in. We're supposed to watch a World Series that happens in Camden Yards. So you're going to be disappointed if they don't. If, Next five, ten years, they have winning records, playoff baseball in Camden Yards again. They're competitive. Maybe one or two Hall of Fame players that we see on the Orioles in the next few years. Who knows? Maybe Cedric Mullins in the next three or four years is going to be the reason people are packing the stadium because they want to watch him bat, steal bases, run down fly balls in center field, whatever. But it just seems that a lot of fans are making it seem that easy as in expecting a World Series to come to Baltimore in the next few years because Mike Elias is in the house. No World Series. This is a bust. It was all for nothing. <laughs> I'm just curious what you're thinking. All right, hit me up. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Hit me up a review on iTunes. FullCountChaos.com. There you can subscribe. Find other ways to reach out to me. Till next time. See you.